Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What is going on, everybody? Happy Memorial Day weekend, and it is episode 129 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Please introduce yourself. What is up, crisis actors? It's Mary. Who has a creepy uh, doll <laughs> behind her. Uh, what do you call it? Oh, what was our idea earlier? Uh, it's, it's a bear. It's a special... It's, it's, a, it's a bear. <laughs> It's just a bear. And it looks Wait, like Mr. Fluffykins? Mr. Oh, yeah. Is, is that what you said? Is yeah, that what you Dane, it? Dane came up with that one. Uh, and speaking of, of Dane, that is our guest host today. I guess now formally introduce yourself, please. Hello, everyone. Dane Font here, marketing man extraordinaire, and the patron saint of White Boy Summer. That is correct. Who named Mr. Fluffykins over there behind <laughs> her? It's, uh, it that. looks like it's, it's creepily sniffing your hair. Biden it bear? It does. It looks like a Biden huh. bear. It's, it's very <laughs> creepy. It's very creepy. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the success of Top Gun in spite of uh, some drama with, this, uh, with China uh, and production company. And also, I have a mea culpa to provide on that one. We're also going to talk about a unique uh, open letter written by a bunch of uh, well-known British actors regarding the concept of ageism in Hollywood, which I think is really, really interesting. And Piers Morgan is uh, apparently proving that cancel culture is in fact a business by culture is uh, is in fact um, when uncensored is apparently not so uncensored which uh, mm -hmm. we will get to so we got that we got a bunch of stuff in podluck we got we're actually going to try and fit like three or four things into podluck today we'll try to keep each of those segments shorter so if you two are ready we will just go ahead and just we're going light speed today right Let's into go. it you good you okay. good yep all right Okay, so Top Gun Maverick, uh, Chinese investor backs out to avoid angering the government. Uh, this is in lieu of a, a very successful weekend at the box office, which is $124 million three-day weekend, $156 million four-day weekend, $250 million roughly global box office, which is phenomenal uh, for this movie. But uh, what happened is, is Tencent, which I believed was still involved in the investment uh, production of this movie, apparently pulled out and I was wrong I was looking for the jacket in the movie Top Gun uh, and you see he has uh, the jacket that his dad wore which is basically on the back it has a, a, a flag with it's got a US flag I believe a British flag in fact we'll go to it here and then it also had a, um, uh, a Japanese flag and a Taiwanese flag in the, in the original and then when they did the trailer in 2019 what happened is, is they edited the, the Taiwanese and the Japanese flags to just be various like symbols that weren't didn't mean anything uh but apparently they changed it in the movie and i was wrong i was looking for it and i apparently missed it uh what is it's happening where like they're trying to do these little drive-by digs at the ccp uh, first with uh with dr strange 
Well, well, here I think it's more just uh, they they saw like between 2019 and now uh, they're seeing how few movies get in over there, so they're seeing that they don't have to make those changes. And then if your audience is Americans mm-hmm. and it's a very patriotic, or at least I say an appropriately patriotic movie, you know, you do you do more damage by not if it's likely not going to get a release there anyways? Do you I don't do know more if damage? It was unlikely to get a release in China. I don't think just it gets for being in. patriotic. I don't think it's it ends really. Up getting a, I thought a that they China. just had a problem with anything that's like anti-china not just something pro-america well they say they talk about it in here so it says paramount's recently released top gun maverick has lost a major investor in tencent pictures who signed on as a co-financier early in 2019 over concerns that the film will upset chinese authorities according to the wall street journal tencent holdings wished to avoid being affiliated with the paramount film and pulled out of the project after growing concerns about the film's u.s military centric themes and message which would risk to anger the the communist party ruled chinese government so they are you know the fact that American, gov- you know, American uh, military might is a theme is a problem to them in and of itself. I mean, I just am surprised because they went to such a huge effort to make their enemy nondescript as to not ruffle feathers. Yeah. So uh, in the movie, Dane, Dane was not with us when we went and saw the movie. The movie has generic, uh, vaguely Russian yeah. villain, uh, mm. which you cannot see the actual. Veiled uh, by a black visor. It literally looks like Cobra Commander uh, in, in the airplane. Thank you. And uh, it, they it, landed in in snowy and some kind of cold, snowy climate. Yes. So you can assume it would be Russia. Yeah, which we thought. Vaguely. But then we said also, but then also, uh, according to IMDb, or at least what they said, that the the it's coded as Iran because Iran was the only other country that flew F-14s. So we don't know. Uh, the, the point is, is it's nondescript in generic. Yeah. But China pulls out. But the, the point is here is that it does not matter because this movie did fly. Uh, just financially extremely well over this weekend. So it says it's important to note that this follows a long running decline in the relationship between the U.S. and China, as well as an increasing focus on nationalist films. I don't know where that focus is other than this movie, but uh, I think that they're. Uh, I think CBR what could is. Could they possibly be referring? I have to, no. Like, does anybody? Does anybody in the chat know what nationalistic films they're talking about here? Because I don't know of any. My question is like, I wonder how much of like the Chinese the the movie in China are like US Hollywood films because okay so they're only uh, China only allows about 34 American movies a year or or foreign I don't know if it's just America Uh, it's like 34 uh, I think is what I read is there a limit or is that just how it 34 is what that government allows which means they uh, yeah I could some of you have to fact check me on that I read that while I was when I was researching today and that number has stayed the same it's just that not all like they oftentimes don't use up all those movies because a lot of them never make it past the censors how many times do you okay so it's like 34 international movies but like how many are like then domestic made like on average because my thing is that so clearly um the united states uh, at least hollywood's incentive is that their market market is so huge in terms Mm -hmm. of like largest box office in the world now right in terms of populational density that like of course like it it is it would behoove you to like kind Mm -hmm. of like make it for them just financially yeah but my question was like, how many films were American? Because at some point, if let's say if you withdraw 
those movies from the market, like how much does their actually movie theaters getting packed it? Yeah. Like, and will they I'm, go to see like a local movie? We only keep about 25% of the box office that comes in from China. Whereas uh, in the US, the, the firms, uh, the production companies and the theaters split it, I believe 60, 40, depending on the, whether it's Disney or Paramount, uh, the rough uh, take back is 60, 40 to the studio. Uh, but in China, you only keep about 25% of that box office revenue, which is tiny to begin with. But also, uh, to point what we were saying earlier, increasing focus on nationalist films, I think they might be referring to China. Chinese-focused Chinese on nationalist films. films, not on American interest in nationalist films. So it says, uh, the shift in attitude concerning Top Gun became a subject of discussion when the film was released worldwide. When it was shown, a uh, visual change presented in 2019 had been undone. The change was originally made to appease Chinese censors. In 2019, a trailer for Maverick featured Pete Mitchell's iconic jacket. That's the one I showed you in the picture earlier. Uh, this time, without the Taiwanese and Japanese flag, they were replaced by visually similar flags with no affiliation to any country. The flags appear once again in the release film so I was wrong about that uh, on top of being a critical hit this is Tom Cruise's biggest box office uh, opening weekend of all time which is really interesting wow. to me considering that he's a uh, really is in a lot of ways a lot of the articles that I'm reading are like is he the last great action movie star that we have so if none of his movies grossed over a hundred million dollars at the box office does that mean that most of them just get really good word of mouth maybe this is because he just has like the largest amount of people who recognize his name and face yeah. as he possibly can now compared to before. And at a time when movies uh, made more of their money in home video releases too, I'm sure. Like what people think of like risky business, I don't know what the box office on risky business was, but I'm guessing that most, most people know the dance that he does in the, mo in the movie, uh, but they don't, you know, they never actually either saw the movie or uh, went to see it in the theaters. And in a world where like every movie is like a Lantinx LGBTQ dance recital, like, you know, a movie like Mission Impossible or yep. like Top Gun. Top is Gun like, is wow, unabashedly un like without agenda. It's beautiful. And in terms of the action points, like he does it. He famously does his own stunts. Yep. And if you, I mean, which There's, was a huge focus of this movie was that doing the, uh, all of the stuff in the fighter jets without green screen. And, and, what are the things that it's kind of that you always use as marketing, at least for the Mission Impossible films, is like how jacked up he gets yep. after filming. He's like, he broke both his legs. Isn't yeah. he great? That, like, like, yeah. a lot of, like a lot of um, a lot of like the uh, honest trailers for it. It's like, what's Tom Cruise's newest like uh, death defiant, like suicide mission, they call it. Like he's clearly out to like. Uh... <laughs> and he still looks younger than me. Yes. So like, I don't like, how is this possible? Another thing to note is this is um, they talk a lot about diversity and we talk a lot about the diversity of ideas. This is Paramount's fifth number one weekend opening this year. And this is the list of the movies that they opened to number one with. And it's hilarious how different they all are. Scream, Jackass, Sonic and The Lost City on top of Top Gun. That is an actual list of super diverse movies that have almost nothing to do with one of them. Different markets. Yeah. Like, the Lost City, like, I made fun of The Lost City because I was like, this is like a, it's like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, it's like a housewife uh, weird, like, it's like for women who read romance novels, but it's also like an action movie, but I was wrong. It opened to number one at the box office. Scream, obviously, is like uh, half horror, half nostalgia, depending on, you know, your audience is going to be a lot of people honestly my age who grew up watching the Scream franchise. Jackass, 
people my age. So I guess I, nostalgia could be considered like a theme amongst those. But Sonic is nostalgia and for youth. So there's a diverse range of age demographics and people they're looking to reach. And the same thing held true when you look at the actual um, the breakdown of uh, who actually came out to see Top Gun, which is probably the most interesting part to me, which was that 45% of the audience was under the age of 35. And I really thought wow. that would skew way, uh, way, way older um, when you really me think too. about it. I thought that the people who would appreciate this the most would be uh, the people who are like younger adults when the original came out. Yeah. And, and that was the people were there. There was absolutely people in the theater. Totally, yeah. uh, in fact, the people who we saw them behind us, who <laughs> took our seats. Uh, are clearly older. Such entitled baby boomers. Yes. Uh, 58% men, 42% women. Uh, under 35, rep 45% of the audience. And then the demos are, the rest of it kind of falls right along the lines you'd expect, which is uh, diversity demos was 66% Caucasian, 16% Latino and Hispanic, 7% African American, and 7% Asian. So it's like those fall pretty much in line with who you'd imagine would go see a Top Gun movie, especially in the year 2022. But the, I, I bet that they bumped those numbers up because the movie is quite diverse. It is not um, uh, it, it is not reminiscent of just uh, Top Gun, the original. It's a beautiful mu- movie in its own right. And it says 30%, uh, let's see, diversity, okay, where it says uh, 18 to 34 repped 37% of attendance. So that's uh, very, very good. Uh, I'm surprised the movie did that well in the younger demographics, but I'm hoping that they do not, okay, this is the question. I didn't ask this question you guys when we did the review, Mary. Do you, should they make a sequel? Should they make a third one? A third one? What would the third one even I, be? I have no idea. It, no, and on Hannah Claire's behalf, I have to emphatically say no, because the purpose of this was to show that, you know, after all these years, he's been kind of stagnant yeah. and stayed in the same position in his career and his personal life. So they got over those two, like, bumps and... and Gave him the character development that people might have wanted. Yeah, and now it's over. Yep, we I can't have a third one. There shouldn't be. Uh, there's, there's. I, I think Tom Cruise would be smarter than to do that. You, right? you would think so. I uh, mean. I suggest you go see it, by the way, this weekend, uh, Dane. It's it's very, very good. Uh, so I was surprised with Sonic how well it did, but then I was thinking uh, every like children's movie today is like propaganda so like a, a movie about like a cute little blue thing i'm sure <laughs> would be nice to take your kids to well the the beauty of that was that it it really did hit multiple demographics it hit people my mm-hmm. age who grew up playing sonic on the original sega mega drive and then it hit the people my age who have kids who also want to go and see a a, a movie about a cute little blue hedgehog that uh yeah, you need to hit those marks if you're going to be making these reboots and uh, like, drawing upon previous yep properties yep so uh so this is his uh, mission impossible it says before maverick his biggest domestic opening was in 2005 with war of the worlds which opened to 64 million i wonder what that would be with inflation but i'm not 100 percent sure uh after that it was mission impossible fallout which was 61 million in 2018 uh it's not that his films don't make money in the long run they just don't have they're just not enormously front-loaded which is what I, kind of what i was saying i believe that the movies do well based on word of mouth meaning that they have long legs in the uh in the in the in the box office so they last for longer uh less drop-offs from weekend to weekend which yeah i think is very good this is definitely a, a film okay for first off like some films like these i feel like action films are films that sometimes get watched twice yes uh there's definitely people in the in the stats that said that they would go see it again yeah well like once what? with the bros and once with the family i feel because the first thing i said when i walked out of this movie is it was good but i wouldn't watch it again yeah i don't like it's not really the as 
deep as as all that that you would need to watch it again to appreciate it more or something it's, I it's surface level and that's what it's supposed to be right I wonder if more people would have seen it again if they were older and it really hits uh, hits the feels for them. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I mean, they're still having a hard yeah. time. They're still having a hard time getting people back in theaters in the older demographics because oh, of, of COVID and everything like Which that. Which is so, crazy to me because like I didn't even think of that. Yeah, a lot of people like they're really having a hard time getting people from those older demographics back in the theaters, uh -huh. close quarters and everything. In fact, we had to go see it. We were originally going to go see it at Warehouse and it was sold out. At warehouse so we had to go mm -hmm. to the regular to the regal uh so uh i just think it's it's a really good sign that if we want to see movies that reflect values that we believe in or in this case just if you want to see a movie that's like unafraid to be unapologetically pro-america without being over the top you need to support movies like this at the box office so that more of them get made uh this is something that you're i don't know if i'm pro that though i'm just uh, but i'm still questioning it I'm, but I, I just don't doubt for a minute that there are people that do believe yeah. that way. And if that's what you want, if that's what you want to see, and I, I have that same, uh, I like it. We were you talking about have to off have air. that reticence and like, we're in the age of, um, cynicism and like, yeah. you can't trust anything. I like the lack of, like, even if it's just for a couple of hours, I like storytelling that negates my cynicism that kind of yeah. calls it into question. Even if I know it's not the real world, I don't want my stories to always reflect the real world. I want them to take me out of the real world and show me something greater than what I'm, you know, than what I've experienced in my life yeah, uh, without the cynicism, without the negativity. But uh, that's far and away one of the, the hardest things to find nowadays in an age where everything seems to be snark and cynicism. I feel you, but like, I want more than that. Like, I want new IPs. Like... You know, mm -hmm. like Tom Cruise can't live forever. Like, that's these a, guys I mean, and that's a discussion for a different day. That's like that's like, we have to take them as they come. I guess. Well, in their eyes, I feel like they they think it's too much work to uh, elevate the careers of younger actors, mm -hmm. and then they're just having these returning aging actors. Yep. And as long as he like find you know uh, in the in the idea of like where. Falls financially as long as he keeps bringing in money. They're going to keep using him That's that's just the the way it is for these businesses So I would hope to see more from uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible Which I don't think has a problem with sequels Top Gun is a unique story I don't think it needs to to make more sequels. So thank you and speaking of that uh, Why don't we go and uh, we sure. had a couple super chats. Yeah Halls and the kids says Dave Lulz. Oh, 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 yes, I forgot. Uh, oh, my goodness. That, look at that. Look at the, your name. on the, uh, That's a problem. I'll, I'll fix that. Hold Ooh. on. Oops. Out, no. Oops. Oh, no. Oops. Sorry about that. Okay, there. Let's, oh, let's Dane. There it is. Sorry, I, I, I spelled <laughs> it wrong. Whoops. My <laughs> uh, bad. Caper2x says, Lost City was a crowd pleaser for writers and those that love heroic romances. Send off of all the troops in the field. Tropes in the field. Tropes the, in the field. Troops in the field would be tropes. a different movie. Uh, that is like, I would have to, uh, I, I might be willing to go see that one since it, it did seem to do well. Even if it's just uh, on streaming, maybe I'll watch it when it comes to streaming. Uh, Clint Torres said, Great point, Brett. Like being back, like being back sports without what does that mean politics. oh bring back sports without politics and bring back agendaless entertainment i think espn was, was like so like every every guy his default channel when they didn't know anything was just sports center yeah. I, I know at least i was that way and it, it, it really like flabbergasted me when it became about i don't know weirdly political like yeah. megan rapinoe and blm 24 7 
there was a there was like a weird storyline they would do in like the NCIS Los Angeles series where whenever they'd go su- uh, search a male suspect's house, they would uh, take the TV remote and they'd bet on like Sports Center or History Channel, and they had to guess which one they thought the would be on when they turned it on. And that seems like now even the History Channel would be bogged down by uh, uh, postmodernism in politics. So, is there a single like just like leave the leave it on and like listen channel anymore? Uh, I. Mary, did uh, do you think that exists? Like a channel where you just put it on and listen? Um, you mean other than YouTube channels that are just accessories to the television channel, podcast things that come from Spotify, but like television shows? Yeah, yeah. I don't anything think she's like the person to ask. Mindless <laughs> enough that you don't have to actually pay attention. Like a good channel just to to put on that's not gonna beat you over the head with propaganda. Hmm. No. no. Uh, I don't know if such a thing exists now, but that such a thing did exist back in the day. But even I then, mean, it was just better disguised. Maybe reality television. Yeah. Like anything reality TV these days, yes. But what a world if it was reality TV. That's like TV. something that women like way more than men. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you would like that. Because I turn on like love island or like something stupid like that there are like pay attention well as you know i am every woman and like, uh, <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i like i watch survivor and i've seen survivor go from never acknowledging politics to uh, like the recent seasons uh being like as you know we're in a historic moment in history where oh, God. well <laughs> but actually the host i feel like uh he really like navigates it in a you know, like he like he knows like where where the where he has to be and what what he doesn't have to say in order to like crash the the whole network. But still, I think he does it with enough tact yeah. that where it's like it's okay. But I guess like it's even seeped into like legendary historic programs. Yep. Well, look at, Top Gun was almost entirely other than the fact that it's a U.S. military operation. There isn't politics in that movie other than office politics. Or the idea of your uh, your time being up and like the world is changing, but it's not. And that that seems like it would have been the perfect opportunity for them to inject those types of ideas and, and messaging into it, but they didn't. Which is a beautiful yeah. thing. Like that that harkens back to a time when writers were so talent or were talented enough that they could fit these themes into these movies without having to worry about bludgeoning you over the top of the head with overt messaging that made you pick a side. The idea back in the day would have been to present both sides of the argument and allow you to choose for yourself rather than to tell you which side is right, which is in this case, that's not entertaining, that's educating, and that's edutainment is perhaps the worst genre of media we have. So, all right, uh, are we ready to move on? We are. Okay, we're going to talk about ageism is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a British actor's call for more women over 45 to appear on screen. I have a couple of questions about this, and it's mostly about um, uh, in the context of storytelling and just what we consider interesting stories to tell. And then I want to talk about whether the writers we have today are capable of even doing this in the in the context of what they're talking about. So it says, More than 100 actors and public figures in the UK have put their names on an open letter calling for better on-screen representation of older women to help fight entrenched ageism of the entertainment industry. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, among the signatories are Keely Hawes, Leslie Manville, Richard E. Grant, David Tennant, Zaw Ashton, Mira Sayal, and Juliet Stevenson. 
It says, in the letter, the Acting Your Age campaign, <laughs> that's, that's very clever, said women in the UK only have a shelf life on screen while their male, uh, while their male colleagues have a whole life. So the idea is that um, you're going to uh, run out of time because we uh, inherently kind of, uh, what, correlate beauty in uh, females and beauty. So uh, as you age naturally, they believe that your screen presence diminishes, so they need to hire younger people to tell the stories they're looking to tell. So it says, the letter states, ageism targeting women is an entrenched industry staple that is outdated. Uh, Haith Acting, uh, oh, Haith Acting Your Age campaign uh, complains that women in the UK only have a shelf life on screen while their male colleagues have a whole life. Uh, harmful, uh, armful, I'm assuming that means harmful, and neglects the, million of, uh, the millions of audience members who appreciate seeing women over five, over, over 45 telling the stories of our lives. So my question is, um, in a world where now, um, thank you. Um, in a world now where we've talked at length uh, uh, here and we've talked about it on IRL about how they don't want to tell women's stories, they want to tell men's stories with women doing men's roles, how do we expect... Wait, can you repeat that? Okay. They don't want to tell the story of women. They want to tell classically male stories, i.e. spy uh. stories, superhero stories, things that are classically male in their origin and make it uh, about women. Do you think that it has been tried in the reverse where like they've tried to insert a, a male character into a traditionally feminine story? Uh, that would be, uh, I mean, is that... That would like be an exception, not the rule. I don't... I'm thinking like Nicholas Sparks movies are like, uh, those are just romance movies, but that's still the male yeah. doing the male role. Yeah. In the, uh, I guess that would be, uh, my guess would be if they did it, because Hollywood is so bankrupt with their creativity and their ability to tell stories that I bet you it would almost entirely go humorous. Listen, they wouldn't be able to do it seriously, which kind of does like show their hand as to like how they maybe really feel about women. Exactly. I, I do think there's a, a large yeah. cent like amount of disdain for uh, traditional female roles. And so I don't know if I buy that today's activist uh, riddled Hollywood brand of writers would have the, talent to write classic classic stories about women in their mid 40s and tell it in a way that would engage multiple audiences and you know there are so many like potential stories to be adapted into into something like that that they're not taking advantage of and you have to ask why there are all of these uh biopic movies coming out right now and they're kind of like the thing to do right now we've got like the elvis one and the yep. david bowie one and the freddie mercury one I'm sure there are more in the works uh, that I'm not thinking about. The right women now. just get the the women just get the true crime stuff, right? Like, like, uh, here's like how inventing this woman Anna, did something evil, yeah. which I love. But yep. I'm just saying, if you wanted to make a, a movie that shows a a spectacular story of like a woman being being a hero in a traditionally female role, like that's not being shown. There's a solution no. to all of this, which is and it's rather simple, honestly. It's to stop hiring Meryl Streep <laughs> for these roles. She Think of the it. First one Think that came about to mind, it. Actually. It's always her. It's she's a, why? running everything. She's pulling all the strings. Why is she every middle-aged woman? Why though? Yeah. For real. So it says. Uh, the, <laughs> don't ignore me, Brett. I, no, I, like, I have no answer. He's been to dying your to talk about okay, it. So, why? So, so who do we hire besides Meryl Streep? 
apparently a hundred the hundred <laughs> chicks that signed this. So so, so it says <laughs> uh, this is their uh, this is recommendations. But remember, when activist groups list like list recommendations, depending on their cause, it can be pretty much a demand. Uh, like, ooh, you should probably do this, or we might campaign against you. So it says all on-screen fictional content in light entertainment programs with male and female leads or presenters should have a 50-50 equal gender and age representation. Wait, what would be a 50-50 age representation? Your job <laughs> as entertainers is to display uh, a fictionalized version of the world at large. In the real world, look, at, we're in a room right now. Two guys, one girl. Tomorrow, uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah Claire yeah, will be here. Women are so underrepresented in this room right now. Yeah. I'm feeling very oppressed. Whereas tomorrow, Hannah Claire will be in here. It will be two women and one guy. The real world is not a 50-50 split. And you cannot expect right. your weirdo belief systems <laughs> to reflect that. I don't even understand what a 50-50 age I know. parody would be. Every time there's a 25-year-old guy. and under 40. There's uh, so you many have to have ages. half over 40 yeah. and half under 40. Like every Where time do they, you draw the line? Are the babies what's old and what's young? Every time they hire a new guy, they're like, oh, he's 27. We don't have any 27-year-old women. Damn it. And then they have yeah. to hire a 27-year-old woman <laughs> to play a, a role opposite him. It's completely this insane. Uh, writer, performer, dramas, and comedy commissioning, uh, commissioning to feature 50% age, 50-50 uh, age and gender parity in programs and, all, and for all broadcaster diversity initiatives to incorporate age. So they are really going all in on this idea of, uh, all I can think about is just like, eventually you have to just accept what, like, I am uh, 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 quite a bit older than uh, I'm older than Dane by a couple of years, and I'm older than Mary by quite a couple of years. Mary once gave crap at, to me because I used uh, um, a laughing while crying emoji <laughs> rather than just the crying emoji, that, that which is coded to me. Yes, the emoji. Dude, sometimes you just admit that you're getting old, guys. Sometimes <laughs> but you adapt and, and you learn. I did. Well, I split grow it now, and you you're doing better. I split it now. I, I do one laughing while crying emoji <laughs> and one crying emoji because I don't want to give up my boomer roots. Uh -huh. So it's like sometimes you just accept that age is a real thing and that the people you're hiring to write these stories don't have the skill to tell interesting stories about women in their also, 40s. Also, like, this is just not... I don't think that this is a real problem. I think that they're making it up because, yep. like, I mean... Maybe not forty-five plus, but there are plenty of actresses yes. in their in their thirties, their mid thirties, who are I, often playing characters much younger than them. Also, yeah. even uh, talking about people who play teenagers, they're always in their, in their late twenties. Yeah, late twenties. I, I do want to point out that uh, I, I have a couple of examples. Thank Thanks. you. I have a couple of examples that. I thought of right off the top of my head. They were American, so it's not one hundred and ten percent relevant. But Jerry uh, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek and a whole host of other things. And um, uh, Jennifer Beals are both in their late 40s and Jennifer Beals is in her Looking 50s and now. they look and they're gorgeous. Yeah, here's and, this Margot Robbie, one of the biggest actresses right now, 31. Yep. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, who was just in Doctor Strange, she's like 33. I, I would say that women are hitting their peak now uh, in their in their early 30s, uh, if their star power is there. But I, I did find this, this is American actor demographics, and this is, uh, uh, again, this is not British, but this is fascinating how it says, uh, so it says, um, I'll go up to the top here, sorry guys. Uh, there are 19,730 actors uh, currently employed in the United States. And I just think about the idea of gender parity and you look at how different some of these numbers are and you think about how insane it would be to try and actually be like 
50-50 down the line for everything. So 67%. How would that help? Uh, you know, like, e- even if it was, like, 50-50 across I, the board, like, how would that It help? would give people warm, fuzzy feelings of validation, nothing more, nothing less. No, because then it'd be, like, well, across the 50-50, actually, the, the racial breakup was, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they all, like, they'll always find a discrepancy. And, yeah. I, and then it's, like, well, I, well, you picked uh, people from this region and not this region. Like, the, you, you can go forever. That's the forever. idea of, of the progressive stack. That's the idea of um, intersectionalism. And it's, um, it's a slow walk uh, to, to madness to, to try to in, implement that type of belief system into every aspect of human existence, especially something like this where it's supposed to be meritocratic. Acting should be, in theory, meritocratic that the best person who is uh, there to get the role gets the role. So mm-hmm. it says 67% of actors are men, 37, uh, and then 32.5% women. So right there, your if, if, is the idea supposed to be that um, 50% of the women in shows are actors, even though only 30% of the people even doing the profession are women? We're using American statistics here, but I, I'm just saying. Like, like is the I, idea that... Uh, okay, so 59% of actors in America are white. 15% are Latino. Uh, African Americans make up 13.9%. The majority of actors are located in Los Angeles and New York. Uh, so, uh, 23% are LGBTQ. So is, is that... Uh, is the idea that... an over-representation. Yeah. It's like, at some point, what are you going to do? Just... Exactly. So, so the idea is like... Uh, are you going to like force people to take a different career path if they are overrepresented in a certain industry? And also, if you look at this YouGov study, which I think is really funny, it's like all of the majority of like the most famous actors are all older. They're all in like their 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. So we've got Morgan Freeman, Samuel L. Jackson, Tom Hanks, Sean Connery, Julie Walters, Anthony Hopkins, Judy Dench. She's British. She's in her 70s or 80s. Uh, Robert De Niro, Helen Mirren, she's old. Uh, Sandra Bullock is on the older side. <laughs> I love she's old. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be rude. No, you're not. Julia, Julia Roberts. I'm just saying that when you think about it, you have to work for a certain amount of time. Meryl Streep, she's right there, Dane, at number 18. Mm-hmm. Monster. God, like- how, how excited are you? Uh, so, so you look at these. These are some of the most popular actors in the world, and I just listed the, the, the women here. Uh, it's just, it's really interesting to me. It's like, uh, you have to work for a certain amount of time to build up a reputation. So there is a, a certain amount, an argument to be made that women don't have the time uh, to build up enough of a reputation before they start getting forcibly mm-hmm. pushed out of uh, the roles. But that's a victim of bad storytelling that doesn't know how to do anything other than superhero movies and generic uh, spy knockoffs now. In fairness, like every time they put like a relationship, it's like a 60 year old fat guy with like a dying piece 28 year old. Well, for some reason like it's, uh, and that's they're phasing that out that's not as common as it used to be it's still pretty common uh, what what's her uh, what was her name from um the sh- with, from the show with Kevin James the one Le- Le- Ramini, the one who was a Scientologist like Tom uh, what is the show uh, I don't remember what the name Queen of Qu- uh, King of Queens uh-huh. she was uh, uh, mm-hmm. like it, not even necessarily a large gap in age but a, definitely a large gap in attractiveness <laughs> um, giving men everywhere a false sort sense of, of more of a joke on him yes <laughs> than uh, anything so, so I just, I wonder if, is it possible that it's just sometimes your storytellers aren't doing their job and they're not telling yeah. interesting stories. So, uh, I mean, if, they're not, everything is like self-referential BS that, and like always following the same mm-hmm. narrative, the same storylines. Like if you take a, if you take a film class 
once, you pretty much know the end, the middle, and the beginning of every single movie. Yep. So, so what would be an interesting story, I posit this question to you, of uh, about a woman in her mid-40s that would be translatable to film that would be something that all audiences would enjoy? Like a specific example? Uh, a co- just a concept, a trope, an idea. It doesn't have to be a specific example. I'm saying like, what would be a story you'd like to see told that you think would resonate with men and women, young and old? Um, I mean, I think there are like so many historic female, like female historic figures so who you think played key reality. roles in, in history that haven't been explored enough. Like royals. What if there yeah. were like high budget films about... Uh, historic royals. I wonder if they like put a stop to that. Like the the families are just like we would rather you did not make this movie. <laughs> There's a super popular like Netflix show about the the queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of stuff does really well. Okay. Did so, they like, they kill Diana in that one too? And they kind of insinuate it. We might have I to talk that about that. That was that, be- that was depicting like all before Diana. Uh, I, that we might have to talk about that one, that that theory in like the uh, pop culture conspiracy, uh, guys. We've yeah. been we've been talking about. We may be doing a bonus We're segment soon um, called pop culture uh, pop culture conspiracy, where we try to do it like once in a while, where it's like talking about famous uh, conspiracies in pop culture. The one you mentioned yeah. the other day was uh, Brittany Murphy. Yes. Right. Uh, uh, I I talked about the one with uh, the um, the Munchkin in the in um, what do you call it Wizard of Oz. There's a whole bunch of them. It would be fun to do a segment yeah. uh, once in a while, detached from the show. Uh, if you guys would like to see that, give us your ideas as uh, well for the conspiracies you'd like us to cover. Uh, pop culture conspiracies specifically. Yes. yes. Um, so is there is there so you think royals, uh, royals or famous figures? I mean, uh, I'm just saying that because biopics are the thing right now that are in right now. Yep. If you're not gonna be able to create a fictional story of any value, then you might as well draw upon real events. The the example I was looking at earlier was um uh, uh not it's not a good example of this, but it's like they did uh, Je- a Jennifer Garner movie called Peppermint, which is supposed to be like a, a dime store uh, John Wick type movie. Um, or like taken like with Liam Neeson, but again, that's putting a a female into a traditionally male role. You're sort of not like Black Widow. Yes, but like, it's but it's not situation. a situation. So you're not telling a traditionally feminine story. You're just telling a story that would be traditionally masculine uh-huh. about, with a woman in the role. What about Eleanor Roosevelt? Okay. Uh, oh, isn't that going to be? She's one of the first ladies in this. Um, the this, one with Michelle Obama about Michelle Obama and uh, there are uh, other ones. Yeah, I think that Eleanor Roosevelt is going to be one of the first ladies in that series. OK, yeah, that doesn't interest me. But like I said, it would it's very like spy stories uh, or these or, or a superhero story may not appeal to all audiences on the set, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. on the surface. But men will always uh, have daydream about saving the day. And a lot of women will daydream about being saved or the, the idea of the, you know, the, the idea is like on a, a, a crashing plane. The guy wants to be the one who stops the terrorist. The woman wants to be the one who, who, who saves the kids. Uh, there, there's traditional roles that we go in that uh, I think do appeal to all audiences in the context of specific stories. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, perhaps I'm just not creative enough about uh, a, a traditionally. But I uh, think that just speaks more to the fact that they haven't been engaging with these stories exactly. at all. That's why one doesn't come to mind. 
So perhaps uh, then this is uh, this is no longer on you know the, to be fair they're not it's not like they're saying that that's the audience's fault that they're doing this they're they're holding the industry accountable here so hold the writers accountable and find the right production crew to tell uh, your own version of of Top Gun uh, with sixty year old Tom Cruise and make it uh, find uh, whatever the female version of Top Gun is I don't know what that is sounds awful so it's <laughs> like uh, she's the queen of the knitting circle and uh, she's I, I no I'm guessing I, Beyonce and Kim Kardashian eventually we'll get biopics too. oh yeah i'm sure yeah uh how old is lady gaga she's been doing a bunch of acting she's in her 40s okay well she's um, getting uh, late 30s maybe i don't I, somebody would have to look that up uh but she did uh what was it house of gucci this year yes. she also did um what was the one with bradley cooper the other one the the one oh, um, the um star star a star is born, star is born uh, so yeah. it's like like there's stories to be told there i just don't know if i buy that most of these people have the ability to tell the stories there but. is actually a biopic coming out about madonna <laughs> which that, is weird i feel like you shouldn't uh, generally you should avoid making a biopic about somebody who's still alive well they're not doing that anymore man they're rushing that stuff out now yeah <laughs> they're rushing that stuff. hers is even She's a late dead inside does that make a difference that that yeah well <laughs> i mean yeah that would help um, super chats. There were some super chats yes, there. Yes, there were. Uh, Caper2x says, as Top Gun encouraged entire generations of military pilots across the world, we hope Top Gun 2 does the same thing now. They're needed. Hashtag pilot shortage. I there was aware of this. Th there was actually um, a, a recruiter at the movie theater when we went there. He was no actually way. making popcorn. Oh, yeah. Top Gun was like the uh, top, like military recruitment in America went up by like 500% after Top Gun came out. Um, uh, so they were definitely, they had recruiters at the, I mean, whenever a superhero movie comes out, comic book shops open up tables at the, at the theaters. Why wouldn't military recruiters come if kids are, and think about that 45% uh, share of people under 35 went to see Top Gun and there's military recruiters there. I'm sure they cleaned up. I'm sure they made a, a good, uh, a good bit of growth there. Uh, crispy leg transport LLC sent to the second one was just, Correcting his typo, he said he meant to say, "I finally caught you guys live. I really like this show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, that means a lot." Clint Torres sent a cloud, uh, a cloud emoji, a few cloud emojis raining. I don't know what the meaning of that could. He's be. making it rain. Making it rain. Is he? Oh, He's making it rain. Oh, okay, I get it. And it does mean a lot when because like well, the thing is like when I have to go through like uh, and I'm editing and you look at all like the comments which is like the the Star Wars ones where people <laughs> are like uh, they write these essays about like everything was, you say there was wrong. One that was super, super long. long. So yeah. anytime people have something just generally nice to say, I'm just like it is nice to know that people do yeah. like us. That is that's a good thing. <laughs> Keep being positive. We appreciate it. <laughs> and Clint Torres also said. All I gotta say about this topic is that there haven't there hasn't been enough Monica Bellucci representation <laughs> for too long. He is absolutely one hundred ten percent right. I don't think she was in the new uh, the new Matrix movie, so there does need to be uh, more Monica Bellucci. I could see them bringing her back and fitting her into James Bond somehow. Make her uh, the new M after uh, Ralph Finney uh, Ra uh, Ralph Fiennes uh, retires. From the role of M, make Monica Bellucci M. I say. <laughs> Someone said Madonna LMAO. It's just a tour of a sewage treatment plant. Oh, Ooh, damn. brutal! <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what did she ever do to you? Uh, well, uh, well, she released those Twitter and those Instagram things. Uh, that's what she did. <laughs> yeah, that's what she did to us. All right, so uh, we were right about uh, Pierce Morgan is apparently not as free speech as Pierce well. Morgan uncensored is censoring people. Get out! What? 
or so we're who seeing. Who could have predicted this? It's a it's a it's a shock to the system, I tell you. Imagine my All right. shock. So it says Piers Morgan <laughs> Piers Morgan in new dispute over vindictive obsession with Meghan Markle. Uh, as we know, you they mentioned have their, him like one time, uh, like nothing even happened. So it says uh, Piers Morgan hits back at guest who claims she was actually censored on his uncensored show. Uh, so this was a comedian. <laughs> Uh, and she claims basically that she said that she wanted to talk about uh, about Meghan Markle, and it's the way she, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the whole paragraph, but it's the way she phrases it that's really really funny because it's like when you read it, you're just like nobody in their right mind would like let you uh, talk when you uh, when you when you talk the way she does. So it says uh, the former Good Morning Britain presenter has been pretty open about promoting free speech on his show, going back to when he first opened the program last month, which in which me and uh, Mary pointed out that he's turning cancel culture into a product. Yeah. Something they can sell you and be like, we're not canceling anybody here. Uh, he says, uh, on opening night, in fact, he said the words cancel culture, snowflake, society, censorship, and identity politics flashed on the screen. Morgan actually likened himself to the first democratically elected president of South Africa, as he stated, as Nelson Mandela might have said, it's been a long walk to freedom of speech. I do. Uh, Is this his idea of being like cool and subversive? But uh, okay, so here's the, the 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 name of the comedian is Kate uh, Smurthwaite, which may be the coolest last name. It's pretty similar. Okay. Uh, but it says comedian and activist. So activist. So uh. here you have it. Uh, <laughs> revealed on. Tw- Remember, it's not enough to just not be an activist. You should be actively anti-activist. Uh, <laughs> revealed on Twitter today that uh, my, in her it says hashtag my life is weird. I'm sat in the green room for Piers Morgan uncensored. The producer has just told me at least three things not to say on air. LOL. Hashtag actually censored. <laughs> when the other guest arrives, we'll be on for the second half of the show. It's Joan Collins. Morgan was quick to uh, Morgan was quick to reply and correct her, hitting back. I just checked and nobody tried to censor you. We don't censor guests. That's the point of the show. This this response he sent. Like blew my mind because it's such a tautology. Pierce Morgan uncensored doesn't censor people Duh. because it's called Pierce Morgan uncensored. <laughs> oh, thanks for that explanation, I, Pierce Morgan. That's perfect. I, I, that I, makes total sense. I thanks for checking. He's like, I would have never known if you hadn't told me. I just checked, and it's called uncensored, so we didn't censor you. Yes. Cool. Uh, there was a checkmate at this. <laughs> Touche. There's a really funny paragraph in here. Now I gotta find it. Where she, where she, uh, she, adds she a, said the main thing they didn't want me to say was, you know how. You, you know that no matter how many hours you spend, I think this is slagging because they're British. Yes, slagging her off, she's still not going to slag you. Yes, true, what funny, the hell insightful. Does that mean? What's not to love? It's, so it says uh, she added, uh, and this is what I want to talk about. Her, it's the way she talks, where it's like no wonder they're like hesitant about. You I mean, she, yeah, she was probably trying to make a dig about how he. If as he yes, yeah, so she added. If uh, as he has subsequently claimed on Twitter, there was no effort to censor me. His producers would not have warned me beforehand to not get too personal with peers when discussing the topic of Megan. Then her quote says, "I'd like to discuss his childish obsession with Markle, <laughs> and then whilst I'm about it, his nasty attitude towards some other celebrities and the way the right wing media will try will cry censorship when it suits them and participate in the exact same thing okay. when it doesn't." He's but not right wing. But she's right. I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's right wing, but 
she's basically right. Yeah, but it's the way she says it. It's it's. it's I know she's even probably annoying it as and childish she, obsession. I know she's probably super annoying and a Meghan Markle sycophant. Yes, but she's still right. She's getting censored from making fun of this guy because he's embarrassed about yeah. you know storming off a show. And they did say they're like, I, I guess. I imagine that in their with their logic is like saying don't get too personal isn't censorship it's just directing the conversation they'll say something like that they'll have a, a million um, excuses as to why it's not censorship they'll just say maybe we should right. gently guide the conversation uh, in Which this is, direction of course how it always starts technically they didn't say she couldn't say it they just hope that she wouldn't right I mean so we don't a, have a recording of what was said yeah. in that green room she so. isn't the first person to reference Morgan's brief encounter with the royal he's uh, he spends so much time criticizing in fact he walked off set of Good Morning Britain after presenter Alex Beresford made a reference to the saga so uh, I just can't believe there that this is still going on that they're still talking about him and Meghan Markle but it doesn't surprise me one bit that I think censorship- it's because the Meghan Markle camp is just so dogmatic about yeah. like you cannot criticize her. There was a bunch of people criticizing her because she went and visited the the site of the of all these sh- the, of the she in did. Texas. Oh yeah, uh, but didn't what? go see her dad who just had a stroke because her and her dad like don't get along. Well, uh, I wonder why. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> so it's like the, the, uh, <laughs> imagine they, that they were like uh, her, like maybe you should go see your dad. You know, like uh, why did she show up there? Like it has anything to do with you? I well, it's, like, it's not and, even your country. And people claim, you know, in a lot she of she wants to be Diana so bad. It's so embarrassing yeah. for her. Like she wants to that, be. You think, you think like, that's what it is? The yeah, she yeah. wants to be like the princess to the public without the responsibilities. So she or the title or the like or the actual compassion in her heart yeah. for anyone. Well, isn't Kate Middleton kind of uh, more the considered the the one that Kate Middleton is like? actually smart and she abides by the rules. But and she, she so didn't leave the royals. She wants to have all the the Meghan sway Markle of wants all of the prestige and all of the adore like adoring adoration, fans yeah. without the responsibilities or the rules. She doesn't want to follow the rules, but wants all the benefits. Yeah, that's such a that's such a perfect microcosm of like everything going on in the world right now. It's like Ugh. you want all the benefits without having to do any of the work. And so, that's, like uh, showing up to the site of this this shooting, it's like the ultimate like self absorbed, uh, like slacktivist. Yep. Desperate for attention. She she just she bothers me. So uh, d- does this uh, at all interest you as far as like, uh, do you think that this is going to be something that we'll hear more of like Piers Morgan being like uh, censoring more guests? Uh, well, I, maybe it's just this like literally I, like, you could almost this feel is bad the first for like, domino to fall. No, it's the one thing he's like, it's the one thing he just doesn't want to talk about. And then of course, like it eventually comes out. So it's like, he has <laughs> it's like, listen. he's like, I, everyone's got that. Well, everyone's got like that one thing, right. That mm-hmm. they don't want to talk mm-hmm. about. You and, can't, you can't, Name yourself something <laughs> so on the nose as uncensored, as uncensored, and yep. then and not be about it. Like you can't call yourself Dunkin' Donuts and run out of donuts. That that is true. Like is that we got Danishes though? Is like I don't like, sir. Yep. I want to do- like you know like that's what's happening here. Ultimately, it's kind of falling into. It's weird too because now we're seeing like. Um, 
Netflix is like. In fact, I'm gonna. I'll just. Uh, I'll just um, bring the net the stuff Netflix said into this part of this discussion. We'll take sure. that. So it's like uh, Netflix has been weirdly de- like defending free speech and stuff lately. Thanks. But Netflix is doing it for financial reasons, mm-hmm. right? Like they can they can cloak it in all of the comments about freedom of speech they want. We know that it has nothing to do with freedom of speech. It has to do with the fact that they know that um, the crappy uh, uh, woke entertainment doesn't make money, or at least doesn't retain viewers. Whereas Dave Chappelle and somebody like Ricky Gervais uh, have goodbye Stinkbug uh, <laughs> have uh, core audiences that will come back time and again for their right. product. So this is um, this is from excuse me. Uh, this was an interview with Maureen Dowd, which is his name is uh, Ted Sa- uh, Sarandos. I can never pronounce his name. I just want to say. Um, Spandos, but that's not what his name is. Uh, Spandex. Has, Spandex has doubled down on his prior defenses of artistic freedom, backing comedians Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais. Both comedians are under fire for perte- uh, for perceived digs at the transgender community. The controversies prompted some Netflix employees to stage an earlier walkout protest. Uh, in the interview, Maureen Dowd uh, uh, Serendos says that he was taken surprised by the reaction, but didn't hesitate to support Chappelle. He added that the only way comedians can figure out what's acceptable is by crossing the line every once in a while. Uh, while I think it's very important for the American culture to generally have free expression, we're programming for a lot of diverse people. We have different opinions and different tastes and different styles, and yet we're not making everything for everybody. We want something for uh, something for everybody, but everything's not going to be for everybody. That's a lot of everybody. Oh, that was a lot. <laughs> okay. The, uh, I believe I got that right. He says, we want something He's for everybody, but everything's not going to be for everybody. Not all of their entertainment is going to be for everybody, but they want to offer something for yeah everyone's taste what do you guys think was the watershed moment that like really began this like change of heart in the industry because like their profits have been going down for years um like for years on years it's been like four years straight of like taking l's to the face in every single regard and like pr and finances and the economy self-respect frankly the economy there's no change of heart that's the thing there is i don't believe that there's any change of heart uh i don't believe that there's any change of heart in the industry rarely do you get the opportunity to put your principles to the test (laughs) it was an opportunity to take someone like in dave's case who is by all measure the comedian of our generation he's right about that Uh, (laughs) nobody would say that that what he does isn't thoughtful or smart you just don't agree with him but But i'm just saying like that's not your prince putting your principles to the test that is making money can you just like admit that you Wanted to make money. Like, can we also admit like these have been like Chappelle's like worst standups as well? I uh, I would say that as we talked about before, I said his biggest uh, his problem right now should be he should worry about being pigeonholed. I feel like, like uh, if you say what you want to say and your your friends do the same in private, watching something like this isn't going to be that like yeah titillating. Like yep. it's not. It's just bland. I mean, just like nothing seems to be the genre it's in. It everything is always center around like cancel culture and anti-cancel culture mm-hmm. so like i just saw ricky gervais's um stand up he re- it? it was good yeah. but like literally the first 15 to 20 minutes is him training his audience how to laugh again it's like see this is funny because it's not actually true and thus funny yeah and then and he kind of plays around with it but it's, it's just incredible like yeah. how like we're we're at the p- moment where like entertainment has to de-radicalize people. Yep. 
Also, we're about to hit a, we're, we're, we're a, a couple days away from June 1st, which means all of these companies will again prove themselves hypocrites, oh, yeah. not pr- standing on their principles, because all of them are going to uh, put up their pride flags, but not do it for whatever Saudi Arabian division they have, which will be proof that they don't actually believe in what they're saying. It means that they believe in making money. And the best thing is like when... Which is fine. I don't have a problem with them making money. I have a problem with them cloaking it in some type of uh, um, belief system that I don't actually believe they have. Yeah, well, you'll see like Ben and Jerry's, like it's great to be gay, uh, you know, ice cream, Target making like a thousand baby like gay shirts. And it's like ice cream. Yeah, I know. No, that didn't. Well, yeah, they they got rid of Juneteenth ice cream. But but as soon as the clock hits 12 and it's the next month, it's all out. Well, (laughs) the the cynical side of me says, like, why do you why, why would you support something that's so clearly a cash grab? Right. But at the same time, I was just lauding Top Gun for themes that I liked. Right. So I can't really talk in that regard if i support something because they make something that i like i'm not going to begrudge somebody else for them making something that they like that's not aimed at appealing to you for your sexuality race immutable characteristics etc like but with the like pride month pandering that is just bold-faced like completely pandering so we we just like it because it doesn't beat us over the head Yep. Like yeah. it's literally that. That's just the lack of something. They weren't really going out of their way right. to please you. That, that's that's fair point. All right. Uh, well, I believe I saw a, a super chat in there. Uh, was there? I believe. Oh, oh yes. Caper two X said, "Kate Middleton knows she's going to be a queen. Is she? Uh, I don't know enough about the royal family to know if that's a realistic possibility." I literally know nothing about uh, about how that works, so I wouldn't be able to. I don't know who's even uh, succeeding the queen when she dies. My mom was a huge uh, like like my mom was exactly who uh, who uh, Meghan Markle like wants. Like my mom loved Princess Diana. My mom loved everything. Had like uh, every magazine that featured Princess Diana. Had the Princess Diana beanie baby mm-hmm. uh, after she passed, and just uh, kind of that was a, a huge fascination. So I do believe that you're right that uh, I, uh, for pure vanity, for the sake of pure vanity. I think that that's what Meghan Markle wants. All Boomer ladies like Diana. I think they liked <laughs> her like jovialness. Uh, well, she also she had a, a an air of uh, of uh, royalty, right? She was very dignified. No, she she kind of. I mean, for for being dignified, she was kind of like you know the the common woman. Is that okay? I feel like that that was my perception of her, but you know, I'm if, not. If we have any viewers who are more uh, more educated in the royal family, oh, we'll have to I think it's going to be Prince Charles because Prince Harry has stepped out of line. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Isn't it the oldest one? Uh, I would assume so. So, so Charles yeah, instead of Harry. he's currently next in line. I think okay. it's going to be cool to have like a king instead of a queen. All right. That's well. a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. It's like, oh, I can't wait for a king rather than a queen. It's a vibe. It is a vibe. It's a vibe. I All still right. don't know how I feel about vibes after the New York brunch guy. Like, I, I truly <laughs> think he like set a kind of course. You're letting him control the narrative about the word vibe. I mean, that's just how repulsive that video was. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I don't even know what video you guys are talking about. We'll show you later. All right. All right. All right. Podluck. It is time for Podluck, guys. So, uh, Johnny Depp post-trial concert appearance sparks canceled debate. So, people are upset because um, he went out and d- didn't, I guess, sit in his hotel room 
Well, he was. Uh, I don't think anyone is mad, though. I think this is just. Uh, no, there, there's some tweets down here that talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, the jury will deliberate the verdict after reconvening on May 31st. People were very mad because we were like, there's going to be like like in the headline for like the video. They're like uh, going to get the verdict. And they're like, it's not the verdict day. They're they're going to get the verdict next week. We, we, we you know, yeah. like we like we've only been paying attention close enough to like uh, know what's going on. But then they on, were but, also like. like uh, you're paying too much attention to this trial. It's stupid. So what do you both, want? You're both paying too much attention and not paying enough yeah. attention <laughs> at the same time. It's the definition of you can't win. Uh, it, so it says uh, the longtime friends. So it says Johnny Depp surprised fans at a Jeff Beck concert over the weekend when he took to the stage in the English city of Sheffield in a move that has sparked a debate about cancel culture. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Uh, cancel culture. As the actor w- awaits, the, uh, waits for the verdict in the multi-million dollar defamation trial against his ex-wife Amber Heard, he joined the rock guitarist on stage when he performed Marvin Gaye and Jimi Hendrix covers. The longtime friends performed a cover of John Lennon's Isolation. At least they didn't do uh, Imagine. That's good. Thank God. Could be worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, of that song does not need to be desecrated one more time. Uh, of which they recorded a studio version uh, in 2020. Thank you. We're so uh, close to the crisis meter. Uh, I, see I don't it. know if we're going to get it today. We're, we're at the edge. Uh, we're, we're getting, we're already in podluck. I'm not sure if we can uh, pull off crisis meter. Make it happen, guys. I want to dance. D- Dane is lights. yet to experience. <laughs> uh, Dane is yet to experience a crisis meter. Make so it, it says, happen, guys. Uh, so it says the surprise performances come after seven weeks of the trial that saw allegations of severe abuse by both parties and created a frantic media storm and social media circus. Uh, the jury will deliberate with a, uh, on a verdict after reconvening on May th- 31st. So yeah, so they're not even in today because today is Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So it says, but in the meantime, legions of Depp's loyal fans have been expressing their joy at the actor's concert appearance. Johnny Depp on stage tonight with Jeff Beck. So glad he gets to do what he loves after the six, week, six weeks of hell he's been through. One tweet reads, uh, reads praise. And it says, while a viral tweet reads, Johnny Depp's now back doing what he loves the most. Few days after the end of the trial, he's on stage with Jeff Beck. But then it's these ones uh, down here at the bottom that you have to to read that talk about uh let's see if we've got that one in here where they talk about uh so johnny depp is on tweet uh, is on tour with jeff beck tweeted herd's friend journalist eve barlow he played in sheffield tonight and will likely play the royal albert hall in london tomorrow night uh that's the domestic abuse victim waiting for his defamation case verdict the one who's been canceled so there i, I guess the concept is like they feel like he should be acting more solemn or more somber or or more like a victim, I guess. Uh, is that what they're saying? Mm. I I don't know. Maybe just like thank, thank you. you. Oh, there we go. Uh, paying respect to the seriousness of the situation the, in some I, way. I, I, I don't know. In a weird way, I can kind of understand that concept. I I, I, I am a little with annoyed with like the waving and smiling and yeah. and the little oh, we're so close like i said i i agree that he's the, that he that he should win i disagree I, I do think it's weird that he's just like he's just like the, he's like way Thanks. too charismatic for his own good a lot of the time and it uh, but then you but then but then i immediately go back and i and i listen to the audio recording of what she said and i'm like i don't care i'm i'm sorry i don't care Take what's coming to you. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's surreal to imagine that in 2022, a woman has to stand in a courtroom in front of two cameras and the world and relive physical trauma. Mm. Trauma, trauma. But like, also, like, what, I'm sorry, that was me. Why are they saying like this is like the work we- worst weeks of her life? He's like clowning on his ex-wife while the whole nation goes like, "Yay, we love you." Mm-hmm. So, so it says she was. Th- 
Uh, I have to read this. I, I literally, I couldn't read this without, uh, without laughing. I couldn't. Uh, so it says, it's surreal to imagine that in 2022, a woman has to stand in a courtroom in front of two cameras uh, and the world and relive the physical trauma, ex- uh, including sexual trauma, for profit and entertainment without any protection, exposed to the bigotry, ridicule, and jibes, uh, uh, jibs? I'm assuming that means jibs, uh, of strangers, Barlow tweeted. Again, Go ahead and tell the world you're a domestic abuse victim, Johnny. Like, no, I'm sorry. You don't get to take the high ground here. There is no high ground in this trial. Uh, It says, the world has been watching the defamation trial unfold uh, as Depp brought a lawsuit against Heard for $50 million. Uh, Do you you think that he should be doing something else? Do you think he should be solemn or not doing anything right now? I don't have a problem with it. I just, uh, aside from this incident, I get a bad... Thank you. Thank you. I get a bad feeling about uh, just. No, oh, there oh, it is. A crisis party. Cri- Ew, we did it. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> it's a crisis party. And, and there is going to be. Uh, uh, we're working on it. There will be sound effects soon. It's going yes. to get. Uh, uh, the hard feeling, though. I like the lights. The, the hard part is going to be if you watched on Friday's episode. It was essentially the show ended because I couldn't like re- I couldn't rein in the conversation because yeah, Hannah Claire got, got such a kick crazy. out of it. <laughs> okay. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hannah Claire got such a kick out of it she that I, I basically it. lost her. I, I was like, I was like, I still want to talk about this issue. And she's like, you <laughs> still want to talk about this issue. I was basically getting made fun of uh, because I tried to continue the show. She was like, we need the celebrities show. in Hollywood. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> thank you so much to Clint Torres for making it happen. Yes, thank Clint. You. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? I just, I was saying that there was, I just get a bad feeling about the way he acts outside of the courtroom and how much he's just uh, relishing all of the attention. I, I imagine. I just you, don't think he's a good person. He's I, crushing right now. He's yeah, like obviously. That. And <laughs> I'm, I understand why he, he is, you know, having a good time out there, but it's just like, I just don't think he's a good person. I mean, I don't, I don't either. Like, and he, everyone is just like eating up the narrative that he is yeah. the perfect angel. And he like I hate left it. his wife and kids and got a boo boo, and like now we're all supposed to be like, oh, right. God. It's just I don't like it. There's also um, the, the, his career is is going to be revitalized either. Like yes. I said, he doesn't care if he wins or loses the trial. The money, say he uh-huh. loses and he has to pay out a hundred million dollars, the money he will make in getting uh, rolls back will yes. more than cover it. And is also, that what I, he would have to pay uh, if he lose. I, I mean, if I he lost the the countersuit, which is totally not going to happen. Yeah. She would get Joe Rogan money? <laughs> hey, uh, what was it? Somebody else just uh, sold their pot. Thank you. Somebody else just sold their podcast thing for like a hundred plus million dollars too um, uh, on, on uh, like on podcast one or something. I was really mm-hmm. surprised. Like somebody with like a name, but not like Joe Rogan name just sold like their own podcast library. But Joe Rogan's is like a licensed deal. So that's different. Mm-hmm. But also th- there was a rumor and I didn't have time to look it up today and it didn't really fit with our topics. He's apparently might get cast in Beetlejuice too. Who? Who? Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yes. Uh, I'm going to look with more. Winona Ryder. I don't know. Like, that would be hilarious. Like, <laughs> he's going to get cast in everything. Well, yeah. Like it was like. Uh, first of all, oh, like yeah, uh, sure. I, I would love to see what it does for like his. Um, he's probably already in talks. I yeah. would love to know what it does for his going rate. Like how it will. Like he's actually probably worth more now. No way. Because yeah. he's vindicated and has high brand, rec- high name recognition right now. Mm-hmm. Dude, they're so, gonna put him like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Seventeen. <laughs> like they're gonna put him. In they everything. should bring back Sister Act and hire him. <laughs> 
to do Sister Act <laughs> sure. instead of Whoopi Goldberg. The color purple with Johnny Depp. That, perfect. Perfect. Uh, I am just going to uh, just gently cut, touch on um, Uncancelled, Jesse Smollett's return with B-Boy Blues. So is anybody here interested in going and seeing um, a new Jesse Smollett uh, totally Absolutely uh, Like not I ironically it. So it says Three years is enough For a comeback Right Take note Ezra Miller <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Good swipe uh, On Thursday B, uh, BET Plus Announced that it had Picked up B-Boy Blues An LGBTQ film uh, Written and directed By Jussie Smollett It's the first project Since being found guilty Of making false reports Of a hate crime The film is an adaptation Of James Earl Hardy's Thank you. Thank you. Uh, novel of the same name and stars folks such as Timothy Richardson, uh, Brandy Evans, Heater B. Marquis, uh, Marquez, and uh, Omarquis Vilson, uh, and Jabari Reed, M- Mona Scott Young. The only names I recognize there are Jabari Reed and um, Timothy Richardson. Two more than uh, me. Yeah. Through our content slate, we are initial. Uh, we are intention. Uh, we are intentional about representation. About representing the fullness of the Black experience, including the LGBT plus community. Said BET. Executive Vice President Devin Griffin. In a statement, B-Boy Blues is an artful, heart-rending film. I still... Somebody has to tell me. Is heart-rending an that actual word? That has got to be a typo. I've never heard Yeah, heart-wrenching. I thought it was heart-wrenching. Somebody in the comments might be able to let me know if heart-rending is an actual phrase. Uh, I have no interest in seeing this, but I'm not exactly the target demographic. But his target it, demographic is just people who remember Jesse Smollett and they want to see what he's doing now. Yeah, like, it does. does isn't he still... Sp- Supposedly still possibly going back to jail if he loses his appeal. Is he? I believe that's uh, somebody in the comments would have to. That would be hilarious. Check. He's still like they let him out because he was like um, he was having mental health issues because when you're a celebrity, you get let out of jail if oh you have mental gosh. health issues. But they're like they're, they're saying that if he loses his appeal, he'll go back to jail. But he's still working. So that's that's uh, like what if they end up like sending him back to jail like the day of the premiere? And <laughs> this guy's a gem. He'll get out somehow. Yeah, yeah he, he will. He will likely he will likely go back. Uh, I would read the whole bizarre saga. But this is it's funny because this case is weirdly connected to me because like a lot of like the like the I I loved listening to pop culture and movie podcasts long before we did this show and it was hilarious the the storm of people talking about this and the trajectory of it from like day one to day three to day five as like all the information came in it was like every day was a new ridiculous thing you learned about like the Osandira brothers and everything so it is uh, it is kind of fascinating that he's like working again but I don't know if like he's really had his time out of the sun yet he was like just in jail and could still go back to jail. Like you'd think they would work that into like their financial breakdown of like, what if this guy has to go back to jail before we finish making this movie? I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to watch this. I don't think, but maybe it would be, in- maybe it'd be maybe interesting we'll to review, review it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if people want us to review us, uh, review on my own go- time though, not going to watch yes. it. Yes. Uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it says, uh, yeah, he was sent he's, he, he was later sentenced to five months in prison, 30 months probation and had to pay 25,000 and $120,000 restitution to the city. He was released from prison after just one week in March. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Um, and then lastly, Dane will love this one. <laughs> DC's The Flash movie hired over 40 writer, writers to clean up its mess. And we had flash- I know this is going to get Dane fired up. Yeah, uh, and we had flashbacks to 
Halo. And, and, greatest uh, show on television. Uh, yes, the greatest show on television. The DC's The Flash movie reportedly went through what, uh, 45 different writers. Ironically, the one DC film that's having trouble, the most trouble finding its feet has been The Flash movie. That's clever writing there. Hmm. Uh, it says Warner Brothers originally announced The Flash in October of 2014. It was alongside several other DC projects like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. However, this movie, uh, those movies hit theaters and made millions. Well, uh, uh, Wonder Woman did well, did really well. Wonder Woman two, nobody actually liked because they kind of just let Patty Jenkins, kind of like uh, when you let when you let George Lucas run wild without having people to like rein him in and tell him maybe this isn't the best idea. Um, they kind of let Patty Jenkins run wild with Wonder Woman two, which is why you got the creepy thing where she like has sex with like the Steve Rogers look, like the guy who like uh, like looks like Steve Rogers because of the the magical MacGuffin in the movie. No, I didn't see no. It. Oh, okay, oh, thank. Uh, it's hilarious. I'll show you some stuff later. It's uh, basically like, yeah, she like. Uh, there's a guy like she. She wishes for tra- Steve Trevor to be back, and like he like he like a different person looks like him now, and she totally like does him not mm-hmm. you know while knowing that's not actually who that is. So, hey man, yeah. she's got a type. Uh, <laughs> Uh, nevertheless, almost a decade later, the new Warner Brothers Discovery will unleash the Flash in theaters next year. This is kind of falling into that same line to me as Smollett is like, I just want to know what Ezra Miller's doing now, uh, and it will be hilarious to see how this movie actually turns out. He seems more messy than than Smollett. Oh yeah, way more, way more messy. Smollett it, is premeditated. Ezra Miller. Just I don't know, off. but like, how is hiring forty actors going to help? Forty writers, right? Forty-five, how, I think it was. Yes. Like how how does that help? Like if if the issues the the actor, you know, like yep. you could get a bunch of people telling him to do a bunch of things and it's still not gonna help. And also like forty voices in one room trying to get like some congruent point of view, like imp- impossible. Does not lead to good. St- like I I say all the time, storytelling by committee is. Are they like put flawed. into teams? Like separate, likely and then they they're can talking have different pitches against each other. Likely in something like this, uh, people all took their crack at it, and then it didn't. It just continually didn't work. Or they would do rewrites of of the script several times over, and none of them came to fruition that worked. I remember at one time, John Francis Daly was attached to direct. He was uh, he was involved in the original Spider Man No Way Home. He's a he was from Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if anybody here oh, yeah, watched Freaks and Geeks. Oh, he's yeah. also on the show Bones for like ten seasons. But he's a great actor. But he's also uh, doing a lot of directing and stuff behind the camera now and he was attached to this and I was excited about that concept because his energy and the Flash's energy are kind of similar so I thought that could have worked but then they they moved away from that as well I have a question yeah how many of these 40 writers (laughs) do you think have actually read um, Flash. A Flash comic, yeah. Um, my guess would be that they have uh, a consulting producer, whether it's Walter Hamada hiring somebody to do the the comic book aspects of it, where they'll incorporate that. I, I'm guessing most of them don't have uh, a long history. What one thing that I always tell like the writers to do, I'm like, look, if you don't want to take the time to read the comics, I understand. Like, you have a job, you're busy, you got a lot to do. Watch the animated movies. You could get a lot of great story elements and ideas that are very, very representative of the comics from the DC animated movies, and seeing those in, like incorporated into the live action would be phenomenal. I like I rewatched uh, Under the Red Hood last night, and I would love to see an Under the Red Hood movie done live action. Like just do something, but like for for example, like sorry to bring it back to Halo, but like <laughs> I, I understand not being like hand eye coordinated enough. Mm. To like play Halo and then actually get to the story, but you know on YouTube you can like you can watch whole games yeah, for watch just the, for just their cinematic areas or yep. like just the like the movie stuff. Like watch that, you know, like take up 
take 30 minutes out of your life to like respect your job. Yep, you'd think so. Uh, even Mary is like, like, even I watched the, I the do, run through yeah. of, of The Last of Us Part 2, and that's coming the out whole soon. Too. Thing. That's coming out too. Uh, there's Last of Us TV show starring Pedro Pascal coming yep. out in the oh next couple yep. months. So Did we'll we see. talk about that? Uh, and I was saying, like, the source material he could draw upon instead of playing the game is just watch the cutscenes. The actual. Yeah. Yeah, watch the cutscenes, but gameplay. also watch watch the the actors uh, doing the, like the raw footage. Oh, of the, the mocap stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yep. Um, super chat time. Super chats. How about Owen said we need to point out these fake edgy personalities who scam us into supporting them financially. Also, I love the show, guys. Keep going strong. Who's that in reference to? I don't even know who that was in reference to. Probably I, me. Th- no, th- they're like Dave. Okay. It's, it's all uh, Dave's fault. <laughs> Maybe just a general statement. I, I do have like one of the weird thing is is like uh, edgy content tends to get the best like you get views with it, but I just I don't have it in me to do edgy content. I just don't like I I'm edgy. I, I have uh, Mary's as close to uh, edgy here as as we get. I, I, I rein it in. She majorly. she does. She really oh, does. Oh, she she does. You, you guys have, have no idea. Yeah, yeah, you, you have don't. no idea how much. <laughs> but like, but for me, it's just like I can't. It's just not how I view the world. So it's like hard for me because it's like you see a lot of channels grow very fast, or a lot you know a lot of uh, TV shows even like where, when you when you go for that type of content, it works. And a lot of those personalities, they're fantastic entertainers and performers. Uh, but I just I don't have it in me to be that way. I have to kind of frame it more in the context of conversation. So I mean, edgy for edgy's sake is like cringe mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah. So it has to be like genuine, like burst out of your heart, you know. For <laughs> sure. More. Uh, Clint Torres made it rain again. <laughs> for Thank you. Uh, for making for it our rain crisis there. party. Thank you. Uh, Aaron Alcine said. Crisis meter, 10 out of 10 for getting more money. And uh, Clint uh, Clint Torres is essentially uh, the VIP today. He is yeah. uh, the, the MVP of this He made episode. it rain again He's after the, sugar the last daddy. one. Uh, and there's even uh, thunder and lightning in this. In I'm these hearing ones. it. Yes. I'm hearing the like, thunder. Maybe that's the sound effect we do. Maybe we do thunder and... That, yeah, they're like, making it rain. That's a good idea. We are Brett. so smart here. We are We're so smart, smart here. That, in fact, no, we will have to credit Clint with that idea. Yes, that's a uh, Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hava Owens said, just got off work and now I get to enjoy my shows, both Pop Culture Crisis and Mike David from Red Bar. Shout out to Scars Club. Thank you, Hava. Uh, I wonder what Hava does for work. I'll have yeah. to tell us. It must be really stressful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Smith said, much love from BC, Canada. Keep up the great work, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Hava Owen said, okay, Mr. Timothy Poole is cool too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we guess. Yeah, I mean, he's all right. Yeah, he's, he's pretty he's cool. All right, he's, I he's, guess. He's, he's depends on who you ask. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a day-by-day thing. I'm not sure he's pretty cool most, most of the time, right? <laughs> I love that, that meme that's like, when your teacher asks you what you thought of the book and you didn't read it, and you're like, it's all right, I guess. <laughs> Overrated as fuck. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you got to really ask you to talk about it, and so you give the most general, the most generalized <laughs> ideas behind it. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Dane, thank you so hey. much. You got to see your first crisis party. I did. It was incredible. Did you enjoy it? I'll never forget it. We're going to have sound effects. As long as I live. We're going to have sound effects. It's going to get crazier every time. You never forget your first. This this show is getting like, uh, I was explaining to some the other day, it was like how it's like, like there's more automated elements and there's just more stuff yeah. going yeah. like in each episode. Like, it's like my anxiety level goes up. Like what if one thing doesn't work then everything falls apart? We're working on it though. It's, it's actually been pretty flawless. There's going to be like a back there. creepy, creepy, creepy uh, bear sniffing Mary's. Looks like he's like, Hi, Mary. 
can I sniff your hair, please? That's what it looks like it's doing. It's There's going to be like a Robo Dave meter, and it's just going to be like... I hate Meryl Streep, Bebo. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll have we'll have a sound bar at some like a you know like a, a sound bar. So it's like when Dane says something, I can just hit the bar and place the, the sound board. Romalia, I love potatoes. <laughs> it just never stops. Let everyone know where they can find you at Dane Fun on Twitter. Thank you so much. Amazing, Mary. Where can you they find can you? Find me on Instagram and WeChat at Closer Kitty. I've also been churning out the articles on TimCast.com and I promote them on there. Thank you, guys. And you can follow me on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic. Remember, for the show, Monday through Friday on YouTube, 3 p.m., that is noon Pacific time. Uh, Hava Owens was listening to us after he got off work. You people in California can listen to us while you're on lunch break. It's perfect. Uh, We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Pandora if you choose to listen rather than watch all of the entertaining stuff that happens while we're doing this. And then we are also on social media. We are on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show. We are on Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis. And we are on Instagram, at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.